Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. Life brings a multitude of challenges every day. A Christian has an avenue for when those challenges arise. Here's First Pres Associate Pastor Tim Shaw with today's message. Well, good morning. I'm Tim Shaw, one of the pastors here on staff. Before I share some thoughts with you about this really remarkable text that we have from our lectionary. Uh, we're doing a sermon series through the lectionary. Um, I want to just express to you my profound gratitude uh, to each one of you for the opportunity to be away for a couple of months on sabbatical, to step back from my work, to uh, reconnect with family and friends and take some really helpful and challenging classes, uh, read some books, ride my bike, hike in the mountains, and deepen my relationship with God. I just wanna say thank you for your generosity. You are a generous, caring, encouraging community of people, and I am deeply grateful for the opportunity that you made possible. Mahalo. Okay, let's jump into today's text. Um, we'll read the entire psalm in just a minute, but I want you to hear these opening uh, lines from Psalm 91. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That's the awesome, encouraging beginning to the psalm we're going to look at today. I hope that you are experiencing God as your refuge today. I hope you, are, you know him today as your strong fortress, your defender and protector, your shelter, because that is who God wants to be to you and to me. But that may not be what you're experiencing this morning. Some of us may be wondering, as we hear in a moment the promises of this psalm, um, whether they're actually reliable. It could be this morning that when you think about your life, you don't feel very protected. In fact, life right now just might be extremely difficult and uncertain. You might be experiencing tremendous pain. You may be experiencing losses, pain that seems to have no end. Your anxious thoughts never seem to stop. You lay down to sleep and your mind is racing. You wake up in the morning and fear or anger or sadness greets you as you climb out of bed. If that is where you are this morning, I am really glad that you're here because you're not alone in having feelings like that. And I think God has a word of hope for all of us from Psalm 91. If that's not what you're feeling and uh, life is cruising along really smoothly right now, that is fantastic. But I'm pretty sure that there will come a day when what Psalm 91 promises will be extremely helpful. So before we jump into this text, let me offer a prayer. God of grace and love, we are so grateful that your presence is here with us. Those who are watching online, either right now or in the future, that you are with them as well. So God, I pray that you would fill this place with your Holy Spirit, that you would be our teacher, that you would 
Help us to hear once again this invitation to find refuge in you, no matter what it is we're experiencing right now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Earlier this summer, people kept coming up to me and asking me the same question. Have you seen The Chosen? (laughs) Or are you watching The Chosen? And my response was always, "Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, But the questions kept coming. What do you think about The Chosen? I had no idea what they were talking about. So I decided I needed to find out what the excitement was all about. And I discovered that The Chosen is a global phenomenon. It's a TV series that is apparently being viewed in every single country in the world. And the way that it is being made available is pretty unique. If a person has an internet connection, all they need to do is download The Chosen app for their phone or tablet, and they can watch the series for free. I have now watched seasons one and two, and I've got to admit, I'm impressed. (laughs) The Chosen is a dramatization of the stories we read in the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, before you roll your eyes back in your head, I get it. (laughs) To be honest, I usually don't really enjoy most Christian media. When I heard about The Chosen, my first response was to roll my eyes back in my head. But I was wrong. After all the questions people were asking me, I finally gave in and started watching it. I binge-watched it. (laughs) Once I started watching the series, I realized that this was going to be something different. I think the producers of The Chosen have done an excellent job staying faithful to the core teachings of the Gospels. It is true they have taken artistic license with the backstories of the main characters, but I have not found that distracting. In fact, I think what they've done encourages me to take a fresh look at the story of Jesus. They've handled the truths of the Bible respectfully. At least that's been my experience so far. I'm going to show you a scene from the first season of The Chosen in just a minute. It's from episode seven, and that episode is called The Invitation. I'm gonna show you this clip because I think it could provide for us a bit of a launching pad for understanding and appreciating the incredibly hope-filled message of Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is an invitation to find refuge in God. And I think that can be a helpful invitation to all of us, but especially when life is really hard. The scene that we're going to watch is a reenactment of the conversation Jesus has with a man by the name of Nicodemus. It takes place at night because Nick is concerned about being seen with Jesus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, one of the religious leaders of the Jews. And he has all sorts of questions about who Jesus is. He's clearly intrigued, but afraid of being too closely associated with Jesus. He's heard what Jesus is teaching, and he's heard about the healings Jesus has done. 
and wants to know more. Part of the conversation that they have in this dramatization is about a woman named Mary, who was set free from demon possession by Jesus. In this retelling of the story, Nicodemus has crossed paths with Mary, and he was unable to help her. But Jesus changed her life. At the end of this clip, Jesus is going to invite Nicodemus to find refuge in him. That's the invitation that we are receiving today from Psalm 91. Nicodemus is clearly torn. He feels drawn to what Jesus is saying, but he's unsure. And maybe that's you today. If it is, I want you to watch how Nicodemus takes a risk. Even though he has unanswered questions, he sets his fears aside. And his uncertainty, he sets aside and welcomes the embrace of Jesus. And as you watch this scene, let me encourage you to think about this question. Is there something today that is preventing you from receiving the embrace of God that I believe he is offering to you and to me today. Okay, let's watch this four and a half minute clip from The Chosen. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. And from what? From sin, from spiritual death. God loves the world in this way, that he gave his only son whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe Stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? Shh. When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students I said she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. Here you are. The healer. I, my whole life, I have wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, and you'll see more. Follow you? Join me and my students. In two days' time, we leave Capernaum. Come see the kingdom I am bringing into this world. But I... I, I can't. You have a position in the Sanhedrin. You have family. You are getting advanced in years. <laughs> I understand. But the invitation is still open. The invitation? 
passion to what exactly? <laughs> to lead a nomadic life, to, to give up who I am. It's true. There is a lot you would give up. But what you would gain is far greater and more lasting. Is this another one of your born-again mysteries? <laughs> uh, maybe. I know mysteries aren't easy for a scholar. Think about it. Take your time. On the morning of the fifth day, we leave and we'll meet by the well in the southern quarter at dawn. Is, is this... Is the kingdom of God really coming? What does your heart tell you? My heart is swollen with fear and... He can tell me nothing except that I am standing on holy ground. <laughs> holy roof, anyway. <laughs> I do hope you come with us, Nicodemus. the sun, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. That's the invitation um, that's made to you and me in Psalm 91. That is what Jesus wants us to believe, to trust, that we can take refuge no matter what is going on, no matter how hard it is right now. We can find safety. We can find shelter in him. That's what Psalm 91 is inviting us to do. There are three parts to the way that I want to look at Psalm 91 today. First, we're going to hear what's promised. Second, we're going to explore the way that those promises can sometimes be misunderstood. And if we misunderstand them, it makes it impossible for us to benefit from what Jesus is inviting us to experience. And the third thing we're going to do is explore how we can entrust ourselves to the promise-making God. Even in times of great trouble and difficulty, whether we see it clearly now in our lives or one day when we look back on our lives, I believe we will be able to affirm that God was with us every step of the way. Out of respect for the word of God, I'd like to invite those who are able to please stand for the reading of God's word. Psalm 91. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. 
His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So is it possible for our hearts to be at peace in times of difficulty? We live in a dangerous world. How can we live with greater peace in this turbulent world? Difficult things come and there is no way to stop many of those difficult things from entering our lives. In the midst of great difficulty, this is what God promises to those who have entrusted their lives to him. In verses 1 to 6, the psalmist asserts that if we find refuge in God's presence, if we are benefiting from his protective shade, if we are living in the shadow of the Almighty, we will be able to say God is indeed a refuge for us. And no matter what, we are safely in his protective care. God rescues us from hidden traps and all sorts of deadly hazards. He's got our backs. Like a mother bird who shelters her young under her wings, God stretches out his strong and powerful arms and protects us. Under his wings, we are perfectly safe. We can live with courage, facing whatever comes our way because we have found refuge in God. He will see us through times of sickness and meet us in the disasters that erupt in our lives. That is his promise to us. The psalmist uses what is um, a metaphor that's used elsewhere in the, in the Bible to describe God's protection. He says that God is like a mother bird who shelters her vulnerable young under her wings. Jesus himself used this image when he looked at the city of Jerusalem one day and longed that they would take refuge in him from the coming judgment. In Luke 13, 34, Jesus laments, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. The promise of refuge is offered, and yet people refused it, preferring to go it alone. The image of a mother bird covering her young with her wings speaks of protection. When it starts to rain, the mother bird shelters her young. She gets wet and her young are dry. When a predator comes, she can hide her young. She may be attacked, but her young are protected. There is great strength implied in this image. There is also tenderness in this image that I think we sometimes can miss. 
I think that combination of strength and tenderness was captured in that scene that we watched from The Chosen. In our times of trouble, we have a God who is anything but indifferent to our pain and to our difficulties. We have a God who is a strong fortress, who is also filled with compassion and understanding for what we are going through. The gods of the ancient world were considered impassable. They were incapable of feeling pain or suffering. In the shortest verse of the Bible, Jesus proves that notion to be incorrect. As Jesus stood with his good friends, Mary and Martha, who were grieving the death of their brother Lazarus, the text simply says, Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. Jesus joins us in our suffering. He weeps with us for as long as we have tears to shed. Sometimes Jesus shares our pain and suffering. He shares our pain and suffering all the time. Jesus knows from personal experience what it is like to suffer, and he is ready to join us in our times of trouble. The question raised by the reality of human suffering is, are there, there are enormous questions. Theologians have wrestled with questions like, if God is good and all-powerful, then why does he allow people to suffer? That is a very big and important question. Maybe it's one that troubles you. What I hope to do in this message is to invite you to come to the one who offers shelter, who offers protection, and to ask your questions there. We have a God who knows from personal experience what it is like to suffer. He is the one who is inviting you and me to find shelter in him in our times of difficulty. There's a lot that I'd like to say about the questions of why does an all-loving, all-powerful God allow suffering in the world, but what I want to do today is to simply encourage you and me to seek shelter in Jesus as we explore these questions. More about that in a minute. The producers of The Chosen interviewed a thousand young adults in their 20s and picked nine to be a part of a focus group. The Gen Zers were selected because of their willingness to be transparent about their lives, about their feelings and their thoughts about Christianity, about the church, and about Jesus. The producers wanted to understand why The Chosen was being received so positively by members of that younger generation. So nine people were invited to come together and binge watch the first season of The Chosen and to discuss it as a group. And the producers made a 90-minute documentary about that experience. You can watch that. I was fascinated to watch these bright, diverse, young women and men share the pain of their lives with one another and their reactions to Jesus. I was moved by how their encounter with Jesus began to bring hope to many of their lives. The producers created this safe space where these young men and women could be real and honest about their own suffering, their own difficulties, their own challenges. And it seems to me that if you watch this 90-minute documentary, that you'll probably see what I saw. God was doing something really important in their lives as they began to find refuge in God and in one another. I love the honesty 
and authenticity of these young adults. And I was moved by how they interacted with the story of Jesus. During the documentary, they talked about the pain some of them have experienced in the church, even sexual abuse. They described the broken families in which they were raised and the impact of the emotional wounds they experienced in their homes. They discussed their struggle with mental illness. One person shared about the crimes he had committed and the time he spent in jail. All of them were just trying to work through what was going on in their lives. And I think some of them began to at least consider taking refuge in Jesus because they came together to binge watch a TV series. Seems to me that Jesus showed up in that studio where they heard the story of his life. That's the invitation before us. I believe that Jesus is alive. You and I can know him. You and I can encounter him. You and I can find refuge in him no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter what we have done wrong in the past. That's the invitation before us in Psalm 91. But there is a potential for a misunderstanding in the Psalm. And if we don't clear that up, it will make it difficult for us to entrust ourselves to God. Let's take a look at that. It happens in verse nine and following. The psalmist writes, because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. No scourge come near your tent. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first read that verse, I didn't uh, know what to make of it. If I make the Lord my refuge, if I make the Lord my home, evil can't get close to me. Things that could harm me can't get through the door of God's shelter. As I read that, I thought, really? What could this possibly mean since suffering and pain are the part of every person's life? Even those who have entrusted their lives to Christ know times of trouble. How do we explain the fact that people who trust Jesus deeply still experience difficulty, pain, loss, suffering? If we think that God promises us a trouble-free life, he does not. If we believe that is what we are promised when we trust in Jesus, if we think we are promised a pain-free life, we are in for a very big disappointment because God does not promise that. In fact, Jesus himself, who trusted God completely, who lived a perfect life, experienced trouble. He suffered. So we cannot expect to live a life free of suffering, pain, and loss. I don't really ever realize this, but when Satan tempted Jesus, when Jesus was on a 40-day fast in the wilderness, Satan quotes Psalm 91 to Jesus. The only scripture verse the devil quotes in the Bible is right here in this Psalm. Satan takes Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple and encourages Jesus to jump off. Go ahead, Jesus, jump off the temple. Nothing bad will happen to you, Jesus. You can trust God since he promised, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. You won't even stub your toe. The fact that Satan misrepresents this verse to get Jesus to believe that God will protect those who trust in him from all harm should be reason enough for us to not adopt 
that faulty interpretation of this promise. If we believe that God will spare us from all trouble and loss, we set ourselves up for a world of hurt. Because when pain and trouble come into our lives, it just might lead to anger, to bitterness, and might lead us to walk away from God. God does not promise to keep all suffering out of our lives. He does promise to be with us in our times of trouble and to get us safely through. I want to recommend to you this small booklet. See how small this is? It's called Why Does God Allow Suffering by Nikki Gumbel. It's 30 pages, 30 small pages long. And I have found it extremely helpful. You can order it for $4 on Amazon or maybe Alpha's website. So I encourage you um, to look into a resource like that. It was tremendously helpful for me. So how do we understand these verses that seem to promise a trouble-free life? In verses 14 to 16, did you notice this? God suddenly starts speaking. Verse 14, those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Look at what God says in verse 15. I will be with them in trouble. That means trouble will come. And when it does, he promises to be with us in the middle of our troubled times. Jesus promises that he will be with us when trouble comes. Throughout the Bible, there are lots of stories that illustrate that God is with his people in the midst of difficulty. The story of Joseph is one of my favorite stories in the Bible for lots of reasons. And one of the reasons I love this story so much is because Joseph learns through suffering that God is indeed a strong fortress. He discovers that God is with us in times of loss and confusion and pain. Suffering played a role in the shaping of Joseph's character. The difficulties that he went through formed him into the man he became. You can read his story in Genesis chapters 37 to 50. Joseph experienced tremendous pain and suffering in his life. Some of that pain he brought on himself. He was one of 12 brothers, and he was his father, Jacob's favorite child. The fact that his dad favored him above his brothers did Joseph no favors at all. Joseph was kind of a cocky young man who was, I think, unwise or naive when he shared the dreams that he had with his brothers. In his dreams, his brothers were bowing down before him. And that, in fact, is what ended up happening. But it might have been foolish for Joseph, in my opinion, to throw those dreams in, their, in his brothers' faces. His dad didn't help by giving Joe a fancy multicolored coat to wear. Joseph brought on some of the difficulties he experienced. But he was also on the receiving end of a lot of unjust treatment. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was falsely accused of a crime he did not commit and was thrown into prison for many, many years. Eventually, he was elevated to an important place of leadership 
in Egypt. And from that position of influence, God used him to save the lives of thousands of people. But what I want to focus on is what we learn about Joseph toward the end of his story. Because it's there that we see how Joseph learned to trust God's good plan for his life, even in the middle of great difficulty. The suffering that he endured formed him into a remarkable man of God. That somewhat cocky, brash, maybe arrogant young man became a wise, forgiving, compassionate leader because of what he suffered. Listen to what Joseph said to his brothers when he finally reveals his identity to them when they have come to Egypt seeking help. Genesis 45, verse 4. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. That must have been an amazing moment for those brothers. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to prepare for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. Wow. Joseph recognizes that even in the difficult times, God was at work for his good and for the good of others. And then after their father Jacob died, Joseph's brothers approached him again, fearing he might still hold a grudge against them. So listen to this man of God who had discovered through personal painful experience that God was his refuge, that God could be trusted, that God would not abandon him in times of difficulty, that God is a God who joins us in our times of trouble. Genesis 50, verse 19. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. What Joseph discovered is what the apostle Paul and countless others have discovered. In Romans 8:28, Paul writes, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. God is at work for our good, even in the most difficult times. He is at work in all things to bring about his purposes in our lives, no matter what. The Apostle Paul knew that to be true. Joseph knew that to be true. Not because they had all their questions answered, but because they had come to know God and had found refuge in him. And that's the invitation before us today. Blessed are those who find refuge in him. Will we entrust our lives to Christ once again? Or maybe for the first time today? 
Can we be honest with God about our fears, our uncertainties, our anxieties, our hurt? I have found that when I can be honest with myself about what is going on in my life and what I really need, that Jesus meets me where I am and invites me to take refuge in him. And frequently, when I am not only honest with myself and with God, but with other trusted companions, that God meets me and invites me into his fortress of grace, his fortress of mercy, compassion, and love. He is extending his embrace to you and to me today. Blessed are those who find refuge in him. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we are so grateful that you're not indifferent to the difficulties in our lives, but that you are ready and willing and want to join us in those difficult times of trouble. That you are not impassable, but that you experience the pain that we experience. God, thank you for your grace. And Lord, I pray that for all of us, that we would say yes to this invitation from you to find refuge in you, to entrust our lives again, because you are trustworthy. We may not be able to see right now how you are at work, for our good or the good of others. But we want to entrust you, trust ourselves to you. You are a good, faithful, loving, compassionate, and gracious God. And God, I want to also invite those who might be for the very first time desiring to make a commitment to you, to say, yes, I'm going to trust Jesus. If that's you and you want to Say yes to Jesus. Just want to pray along with me that, Lord Jesus, I confess that I have wandered away from you. I confess that maybe what I, I'm hearing today for the first time, I didn't know. Um, and I now want to entrust my life to you. I have questions, I have situations in my life, but I want to entrust myself to you. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me. Restore me. We thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy. And we receive your forgiveness and your love with gratitude in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My mom uh, died and went to be with Jesus earlier this year, almost 101 years old. Um, and she picked all the music for her memorial service. And that song was one of them. It was as if she was speaking to us that I want my family to know this to be true, that it was well. And I hope that's what you know today as well. If you'd like to talk or to pray with someone, people from our prayer team would be happy to talk and to pray with you. If you're online, just you can hit that button that says uh, request prayer and someone will be right there to pray with you. 
Now receive this blessing. Now to God who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceedingly great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory and honor both now and forevermore. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week. Aloha to all of you online. God doesn't promise to take away all our trials and tribulations. In fact, as we saw with Pastor Tim's illustration, adversity can have its benefits. If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, visit our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Prez sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. Join First Prez for church. We meet in person and online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus, 10 a.m. at the Vine in Kaka'ako, or online through the websites. And remember, when you visit the website, check out the news page to keep up with everything that's happening at church. You can also sign up for emails, listen to or watch sermons, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Prez can do for you, please reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.